Welcome to Maritime Software Hub, the People Podcast. I'm Callum Beaumont, the founder of Cordell Beaumont, which is the recruitment agency that powers the podcast. In this episode, my colleague Daniel Duggan sits down with Pantelis Pentelimon, who's the Chief Operating Officer of Ulysses Systems. Pantelis was the second hire at Ulysses. He's been with the company for over 20 years, so he has so much experience um, and a real kind of fascinating background and journey throughout his kind of uh, early years in maritime and then throughout the digital kind of uh, boom that has been in, in recent time. So they're going to discuss the role of chief operating officer and um, dive into a little bit about the key traits um, that he feels are kind of important to have within that sort of role. So trust you find this useful. Thank you again for tuning in and look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you. So Pantelis, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. I know you've been a busy man traveling a lot recently. Um, but yeah, excellent to have you on the show. What would be great for our listeners uh, would be just to get a bit of an introduction to yourself um, and also tell us about Ulysses Systems. Yeah, I'll uh, start a little bit with me. I've been in Ulysses uh, since uh, the start. My payslip is employee number two. And uh, what, yeah, and uh, what you need to also understand is that we've got a lot of people in our company that have been around for maybe 20 years, 25 years, even in our office in India. So we started from being just two people and now we are uh, over 60 globally. We have an office in India. We have an office in London. We have an office in Greece. We have a sister company in the States. Um, we've tried uh, having offices in different places in the world, so we have uh, tried a lot of exciting things over the years. Now we have settled down to a really good uh, modus operandi in terms of uh, um, providing an exceptionally good service to the clients, which I think is important. Um, our mission has been to develop software that remains relevant over the years, that is easy to upgrade. It's easy to configure and it's uh, easy to maintain. So um, even though we have been around 25 years, we still have some clients from uh, the very first day when we were around and they have been upgraded to the latest and greatest uh, technology. Um, we inv- oh, yes, yes. We, we invest a lot of money in technology. We have a lot of patents. You're not going to see a lot of uh, shipping software companies that have patents. Uh, we have patents. Uh, you, if you log on to our website, you'll see where they are. But we have lots in the States and in Taiwan and India and all over the place. Um, the patents are related to our software and how we model our software. We model the real world and then we pick up the data. And our main focus has been to be able to not only uh, make easy to use software, but also to make software that integrates well. IoT has hit us with a very big bang. Um, You can't ignore it. There's way too many uh, good um, modules and uh, software solutions that are small that provide a lot of value that you need to integrate your software with. So this idea of just buying one integrated suite and selling it is uh, is a little bit like the James Bond movie. I don't know if you remember where she, the <laughs> was was it M that told uh, James Bond that he's a dinosaur or something like that. 
So, yes. so yeah. the, the concept of buying software from one person is uh, back in the dinosaur age. So is that the Jurassic age or something like that? So our software... I mean, yeah. you were very far ahead of the curve, right? With with maritime technology, maritime software to to be around from was it, 1996? Yes, yes, yes. And as a company, we were um, officially listed in uh, 1997 in London. Okay. Uh, but yeah. before yeah. that, uh, the the investors, the, let me tell you a little bit about the investors because, you know, the company is as good as the investors really in the long term. The investors sure. have been in yeah. shipping since uh, the 19th century. They're a very well-known company. Oh, wow. yeah. uh, family members yeah. have been presidents of the Greek Ship Owners Association for a number of shifts. Um, they invested wow. heavily in shipping and they just wanted to start a second vertical. So we're here in the, for the long term. We're not here as a, as a sort of a, a startup and bust-up company where we, we do well and we sell ourselves to somebody and then disappear and go and live in the Bahamas. Yeah, sure. We want uh, this company <laughs> to be around for our children and our grandchildren, just like the shipping company was around for the children and the grandchildren. Yeah. And we yeah, pass from generation to generation. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think this has also infiltrated into the people we have and the retention rate we have. Um, if you if mean, you check the retention rate we have in India, it's incredible. We have people in our India office for more than fifteen years. Developers in an India office for more than fifteen years. Wow. So wow. that that yeah, tells fantastic. you about uh, both uh, how interesting the technology is, as well as uh, the conditions. And the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you say is integral to the culture at Ulysses? I, I think one of the things is, even though we have our structures to be efficient, we have a very flat management structure. So okay. yeah, the, like you can talk to the owners of the company by just uh, picking your, uh, you know, calling them on Skype and they will re- reply to you. So everybody yeah, feels yeah, that uh, their voice is heard. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. be really good for the for the listener as well, actually, just to to give a bit more insight to UDC systems about maybe around uh, task assistant and and what that entails for someone who doesn't know the company. Okay, we have uh, invested. Um, let me just uh, let me say that again. Um, we have worked with uh, a lot of cognitive scientists from the States. Um, cognitive science is, the, is effectively the, the, it's a science that uh, tells you how you learn things. So how well can you learn? So it's a, and in terms yeah. of IT, it's a hybrid between psychology, so teaching psychology, and also um, using software. And how you put technology and psychology together to make easy to use software. So what you try to do is you try to look at people and see how people learn. So, for example, the first time you go into a McDonald's, you will go into or or another uh, fast food restaurant. You will go into into the fast food restaurant. You will see that they don't have tablecloths. And they don't have waiters that come and, uh, and approach you. And that you go to a bench, yeah. you look at what you order, and you buy, and you sit down and eat it, and then maybe you go and throw away whatever detritus you have, you know, paper, stuff, and things like that. Next time you go into a similar restaurant, your mind and your concept is already preset in a restaurant that doesn't have tablecloths and has a bench where you go and order. You expect to receive fast food. 
So yeah. this is what okay. we did with software. So, so this is what we did with mm-hmm. software. We analyze what people do, like captains, chief engineers, you know, they monitor the maintenance plan. They yeah. prepare yeah. for bunkering. They prepare for voyage. And what we did is we took all this structure and we link this structure to the information available. So once you understood what you were doing and you know your job, like I want to take bunkers, you click on the task yeah. and that task will show you exactly what the manuals have to say about bunkering, external manuals about what you say about bunkering, and maybe any forms or checklists that you have to complete. Because when you take bunkers, you have to be very careful not to sort of spill oil in the port and stuff like that. And the same goes for the plan maintenance system. Monitor uh, the PMS system. It will show you what spares you have, whether you can do a job, where you can put it on the work plan, what happened last time you did the job. And that's that's how we build... uh, that's how we build a software. So you don't have to go through the, kerni- the learning curve of how the software understands the job because the software understands what sure. your job okay. is. And that has been the success. Yeah. And uh, we have. Uh, it's amazing how our software, uh, as soon as you put it on the ship, it just works uh, almost immediately because you know what you're doing okay, and it tells you where to find information. And the same goes with integration. So if you go to a task that has to pick up data from a different uh, uh, software or a different solution, then it will go and uh, pick mm-hmm. up the data. And of course, with new web technologies, it makes it much easier how to pick up the data. And it also makes it very easy to maintain because if you have a, a, a model of how the world works, then if the other yeah. software changes slightly, you don't have to go and read an integration text file to figure out what the developer did six months ago to do the integration because the modeling says here I pick up the name of the spare. So the the other guy changed their database or the other girl. They changed the the database description, go and pick it up from somewhere else. And that's why we have have done a lot of integrations. We have been very successful with the integrations. that's great. I mean, have you have you sort of const- felt the need that there's been a, a constant demand to constantly update the software that you guys have? I yes, mean, there's yes. A, there's a there's a constant de- a lot changing. Now. Yes, there's okay. a constant uh, demand to to remain relevant, not only in terms of uh, technologies, because technologies constantly change. You've got yeah, to, sure. to design software that transcends the technologies, but also is relevant in terms of usability to the user. Mm-hmm. So, And to do yeah. that, you really yeah. need to care about the customer. And I think it's also important to, at this stage to point out that almost everybody senior in the company has started in the support department. I started as oh, okay. a... It's a very customer-centric yeah, focus. Of course, yeah. I started as yeah. a, a requirement-centric as well. So I started as a product consultant. My mm-hmm. colleague sitting next to me, Dimitris Losiotis, is the product manager. Um, and he okay. started as a consultant. I remember the interview we did about 20 years ago. <laughs> um, our uh, accounts director started also in support. Our uh, CTO also started as a maintenance engineer in support. Um, and uh, and right. the investors were actually superintendents in shipping company, not just owners. So we, okay. we And they understand what it is to support ships. So 
Um, and uh, I, I'm a superintendent. As a, I was a junior superintendent when I joined the company and decided to go to the software part as opposed to the shipping part. So we all um, care yeah. about what we are doing. And uh, we, we, we try to provide uh, meaningful solutions to people, even in terms of support. So when somebody asks you, um, I have a problem with this thing on the ship, then you have to put mm-hmm. yourself in their position and try to provide an answer that they would understand at their level, as opposed to you just sending a cookie cut response that, say, a big uh, Californian uh, sort of company would do. You can think of a couple of Yeah, yes. I made a mistake before to mention a a name of a company, so I'm not going to do that again, I hope. No problem. No problem. Uh, That that sort of leads me on to the next question, though. You you mentioned your your background um, within Maritime. What made you join Ludices? What was the inspiration behind joining and then also staying for over 20 years now okay so um from uh, from the days when i was at university we 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 started looking uh, at uh, sort of how computers help engineers you know you can't you okay. can't yeah. uh, avoid uh, knowing how to use computers so i've had at least uh, a, a a laptop with a certain fruit on it from uh, from when i was uh, <laughs> sort of a teenager uh, but no, I always okay. wanted to become an engineer, and then uh, at at some point, um, I decided to uh, join a shipping company. Back then, I remember there was an option to go to ABS and become a surveyor, but oh, that wow. was not okay. as exciting. Yeah. So I um, I started working in a ship repair yard as a fitter. You know, like the the guy okay, that jumps yeah, into yeah. the bilges and stuff like that. Then, uh, then yeah, I knew I knew our founder, yeah. Dimitris Liras, because uh, yes. I remember yeah, my yeah. my father and Dimitris worked at uh, another shipping company together. So I, I I knew him. So I was always in contact with him. And uh, when I joined as a superintendent, there was a problem on the ship. And I want to to figure out what's wrong with this pitch propeller. So if Mm -hmm. uh, you are an engineer, you know pitch propellers are full of problems. If you are not an engineer, just imagine (laughs) they are. And uh, they they gave me a whole set of floppy disks. (laughs) Which which was quite exciting because back then the floppy disks were... uh, uh, Windows computers, and I was used to Macintosh, so it it that was that was the hardest learning. Okay. But once I installed okay. the software, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and realized what it was doing, um, I think I got hooked. You know, the it's okay to fix yeah, equipment okay. and let the ship go to a charter party and then come back and travel, but the actual excitement to make somebody's life easier. And the value you get as a person yeah. is a lot more important than just to fix the ship. Uh, yeah, and I mean... at some point, we felt we were actually uh, back then. You know, the difference between our software and the other software was like, you know, you go into meetings and people would say, "Oh, I understand this software." And they were the kind of people that, uh, if you ask them, you know, can you move the mouse to the top of the screen, they would physically pick up the mouse and put it to the top of the screen. But then they understood what is this task orientation <laughs> concept, and that was a really, yeah. really exciting. Uh, 
uh, moment. So that's how we got we got stuck with it. And as we okay. also had the expertise of how ships worked, it also made it easier to explain to the different people of why this is useful. And then, of course, we taught all Did of our colleagues how to do the same as well. Did you find any real challenges with getting people to understand what the product was actually doing and how that was going to change their life on board? Or was it something that they really embraced and they were like, oh, well, this is great. This is something that okay. we can see the value of it from the beginning. Okay, there were a lot of challenges because back then we didn't even have, mm. uh, um, you know, all this uh, constant connection with the ships. You didn't have it. So you had to, yeah, to sure. become like a, a magician to figure out how to support somebody by emails on uh, computer problems. So, so okay. we had some exciting moments. I remember going to Napoli to install the software back in uh, 2000. And uh, <laughs> it was a big uh, a cable laying ship belonging to Pirelli. So, oh, wow, okay. And... Uh, uh, I remember uh, we, I went to install the software, but there was no network. So in order to yeah. get the job done, <laughs> I jumped off and bought a few network cards, went to the ship, installed the network cards, and then made the network. <laughs> so <laughs> They must have thought you were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had a very good uh, colleague in, uh, in the London office back then that, uh, that was like a, a remote magician in terms of support. So I knew nothing okay. about those computers, uh, Windows-based computers, but he was, he was so good at guiding me through that. And uh, as soon as, uh, you know, those were the difficult bits. Once the software was installed, it's quite easy for people to pick it up because it was their job description. You know, every captain knows that if yeah. you read Manage Bankers, that he's going to find information about bankering. If you see another section that says uh, monitor uh, work plan, you know this is where you're going to see the PMS. If you look at uh, yeah. another task that yeah. says requisition spares, that's where you're going to buy spares. So that bit was very easy. The, the Great, difficult yeah. bit, and because everything you did, regardless of the module, works through that pattern, it was very easy to train them. And you got them on the side because as soon as you show them something that shows that you know what they're doing, you, you have them hooked. Yeah, of course. Yep. Of course. As soon as they see the value and they understand it, then... Yeah, yes, like say, some, people were, were, some people rightfully were afraid that they might lose the job because as soon as they see technology, uh, people get uh, scared. But what uh, a lot most people understand that at the end of the day, technology makes your life easier and you can do a better job with it as opposed to lose it because... Any skilled person is also is always useful in any environment. You understand, so like you say, it's there. It's there to assist rather than replace. So. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it's it's yeah. there to to um, help you do better. Assist. I will use that if you don't mind. It's there to assist. I've never thought of, <laughs> of using course. that word. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite interesting. You mentioned your father. So I assume he had a maritime background, did he? Uh, my grandfather was a captain, my father was a chief engineer oh, wow. okay. and a superintendent, okay. my uncle was a chief engineer and superintendent, his uh, sister was married to a chief engineer and superintendent, my cousins, oh, wow. okay. one of them is a quality <laughs> manager and the other one is a senior surveyor at DNV, and my other uh, auntie 
was uh, married to an electrician. From my mother's side, they were not mm-hmm. so keen on the sort of engineering side. So one of them was a, a chief steward and the other was one was a cook. But they, okay. they sailed okay. as well. So. Yeah, the, the cook... So it's very strong yeah. maritime Of course, I come, family. <laughs> I come from an island that has only 500 people and 450 are sailors and the rest are uh, the priest, the administrator <laughs> of the local town hall, yes. the cleaner, the restaurant owner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, I love yeah. that. That's great. Um, okay, so that's, I mean, that's very interesting. But what I see was your your role within Unity has obviously developed over the years, mm-hmm. like you say, starting off with the more customer facing everything. And now as Chief Operating Officer. Um, so, how would you describe your role as COO? Um, what does that sort of look like on a, on a, on a day-to-day role okay. within Ulysses? So uh, the key thing is to make things uh, roll smoothly without becoming a mm-hmm. barrier yeah. in uh, sort of blocking things you don't understand. So the company has to move uh, forward. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the CEO and the owners uh, provide us effectively the mission and you can go to our website mm-hmm. and see the mission, which is easy to use software, easy to that software that integrates well, software that upgrades well. And I guess my role is more to to implement the vision, which is to to take the mission and ensure that it works, and uh, try to be on top of as many things as you can without uh, uh, interfering with them. You know, quite often as a COO, you might be asking too many questions and holding things back. So you have to be yeah. on top of things so sure. that you don't hold your colleagues back by you trying to understand what they're doing. You need to you need to understand what they're doing. So how much of your time would you say is spent between being sort of client facing and then internal with the with the rest of the team and making sure everyone's on the same page? Is it like a 50-50 split or do you yeah, think you're you, you are reading my mind, aren't you? Or? So, so that, that means that, that that tells you about how good you are a recruiter, I guess. So yeah, I understand. Understand. I think we've we've spent quite a lot of time together in the yeah. past. So I'm learning. I'm constantly yes. learning. <laughs> yes, uh, okay. I, I like oh, going. Great. I like going to meeting clients. First of all, you understand how things yeah. are changing. Yeah. Um, you yeah, meet I them. Mean, you. There's been. I think the last five, ten years has been very interesting for the the software space, especially, right? Yes. A- and especially now that yeah. uh, a lot of companies has have invested a lot in software, and not only do they understand yes. what is so easy to use software, but also they understand the business plan of uh, your software company because choosing software is a little bit like uh, choosing a lawyer. I'll okay. tell you why, because it uh, you don't know how good the lawyer is until the case has finished. <laughs> okay, and the software, quite often people don't understand how good the software is until they've used it for two and a half years, three years, and only then yeah, do they know how good it is. So it's 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 like a, it's it's very well. It's a, it's a little bit, uh, I'm trying to use the correct word because I have a word that I'm not going to use on the podcast. Um, I, it's a little bit like uh, 
it's a reference uh, business, really, software. So, especially in shipping. Okay. And because yeah. you have different yeah. levels of education on the ship, so the 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 captains on the sort of uh, LNG ships are uh, well uh, um, are almost experts in IT. They they can do Excel spreadsheets. They can do all kinds of things. And then you have mm-hmm. captains in smaller ships that have very little IT experience, and you have to cater for the whole of that uh, sort of um, space. Uh, you say it's a big, big variation. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a big variation. Yeah. And okay. uh, quite often now you go into a client and uh, you explain to them that uh, you, they, they understand that they need to buy software that is configurable and customizable to their needs. But th- yeah, that, that customization has not made a separate version of the software just for them because that's too expensive to maintain. So in our software, everything okay. is configurable with a business model so that when the the new version comes you can upgrade them very quickly without having to redo the software sure so quite often for an inexperienced uh, person and you can see that on our uh, linkedin page uh, buying software is uh, like uh, getting two tons of cement so everybody can just drop two tons of cement on your door which is free and they give it to you for low cost. And then uh, as soon as it rains, that's it. Your door is blocked forever and you cannot change it. Software should not be like cement. It should <laughs> be made up of modules that you can uh, link together and modify them so that everybody can have their yeah. own uh, uh, version of the software without it being a separate version of the software altogether or else you can't afford to maintain it. A- and the model that uh, Silicon Valley has been using whereby big banks, for instance, uh, buy big systems and they spend millions to implement them, works for them simply because the ROI of uh, for a bank or a manufacturing company and the assembly line breaking down is more than 50%. Whereas for SMEs, the ROI of using software is a lot smaller. So you can't sure. afford to, to put yeah. in the same kind of resources that the bank would do to make custom software just for them. And this is the general problem we are trying to address with our modeling technology and the technology we have got patents on how to produce something that is configurable like, you know, a a sort of a custom-made suit, but without the Savile Row price that goes with it. Yeah, okay. Understand. Understand. So uh, the other thing I want to ask you you quickly on the role of a, a COO, I mean, what do you feel is... Uh, effective skill set that you you would recommend for a role of a CEO. Um, what on the day to day would you say is a really important skill set to have? Yes, you you have to communicate well. Mm. You have to understand okay. the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you of course you need uh, quite a bit of multitasking. You've got to be okay. able to yeah. pick up things yeah. quickly and you've got to to also put your uh, own little milestones that uh, help you understand when you need to jump in and when you need to jump out of situations. Yeah. Okay, so there's many many different hats that you have to yeah, wear, there's, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's many, many different hats and uh, sometimes it is difficult because... Uh, sometimes you are the one that uh, people uh, throw stones at you as opposed to say well done for something because somebody else did it 
But uh, if you know what you are doing, then uh, you get the satisfaction uh, yourself. So do you think it's a, it's a role where you need to be quite thick-skinned as well? You, you need to have that temperament. You need to be able to take things as as they come rather than getting credit for your work. You're, you're kind of guiding the ship. Yes. The overall performance of everything is... is yeah, you, that's when you first of all, you have to, to, to have a, an objective methodology whereby you go back and look at the decisions you did last mm-hmm. year and maybe the year before and the year before and try yeah. to think whether you had made the right decisions and try to improve yourself based on that. And I think with that, is that something you do quite a lot? You you go back. Yes, and of course. On, you have to you have to go yeah, back okay, because yeah. that's how you learn. Nobody else is going to teach you these things at mm. uh, this high level in the company. They they might have no, opinion, but they nobody knows uh, what was the situation better than you do. Sure. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. If there's anyone listening today that has the ambition of one day becoming a COO. Uh, what sort of advice would, would you give to them or give to your younger self looking back? Uh, just uh, try to to improve yourself all the time. Learn more things. You know, so okay. for example, yeah. what we are doing here is we are now doing a, a vocational MBA kind of course with uh, some uh, okay. uh, marketing guru that was really, really big in uh, um, the sort of manufacturing industry for cars and stuff like that. And he's doing a course and myself, the owner and the head of marketing are uh, doing this course. So oh, we're wow. learning a lot of things about uh, um, social media and the kind of things that uh, probably my daughter knows better than me. You know, like TikTok and <laughs> how you use it. Yes. Okay. It has also improved my relationship with her. So now I kind of understand better oh, how I can I can do that. So, but you you must, whatever you do, you need to <coughs> to learn what you are doing and you need to, to, to change positions every once in a while. And changing a position does not necessarily mean change a job. It, it could mean that you change within the company and do something else. And try mm-hmm. to to have a, a good feel about how it is going. Uh, talk with people. Be genuine. Try not to sort of uh, uh, show the legs of uh, people's chairs so that they can fall over and take their chair. That that stays with you <laughs> for uh, f- for a long period, and everybody knows that happens. So uh, be genuine yeah. and, uh, okay. and and work hard, of course. Of and course, efficiently course, anything that, that yeah i mean i know how hard you work you you, you travel a lot um you're always out there yeah. networking which is great and i love seeing yeah. you at some but of the events networking only works um, if you are genuine yeah, yeah. you cannot no, uh, no, totally be a, sort of one of these telesales uh, uh, concept kind of people in an industry like mm. shipping where you are going to meet the same people again and again so you have to be very genuine when you talk to people. Well, that's that's what stands the test of time, right? If you can constantly be there and, and you're still there in 10, 15 years, exactly. then you have that, that genuine concept. Um, one last question on, on the COO side. What would you say is the part of your job you enjoy the most? 
I, mean, I know you have, we've mentioned that yes. you do a lot of traveling. You get to see a lot of different people and, and learn their thoughts and everything. But what would you say is the, the thing you enjoy the most? Well, the thing is, if, if the board of directors has a strategy and you manage to implement it mm-hmm. and you do it, I think that that is that is really enjoyable because everybody in the company looks up to you and that's the enjoyment you you get. Yeah, that's... okay. So it's it's having like a plan and delivering on that. Yes, having a yeah. a plan, abstracting it, um, mm. making sure everybody is on board with the plan, and uh, when that yeah. plan sort of uh, comes together then the satisfaction that you give yourself is probably more important than the satisfaction you get from other people agreeing. But then again, if the other people that sure. look at you and they see that they work for a person that also um, that makes things happen and um, you teach them how you do it as well, you have to teach the younger people, you have to guide them, you have to, yeah. to make okay. them better than you yeah. when they are your age. So sure. okay. I, I think this is the, 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 the these two things are the the key. Great. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Patessa. I really, really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about your role uh, and the company. Um, I mean, what would be great is just to to leave the listeners with a, a bit of a fun fact about yourself or something that not many people know about you. So, is there is there anything that you would like to share yes you haven't haven't really had a chance yes, to tell a, people in the industry there's, there's a, <laughs> a going back to 1990 when i was doing my a levels one of the a levels i did was art and uh, we okay. went to yeah. cambergol school of arts to do um, a special session on uh, wood carving and uh, great okay. i was given an offer to do fine arts as a result and I decided oh, wow. okay, that so you could have been an artist. Yeah, and I decided to become an engineer <laughs> instead. So <laughs> very, very different career paths. <laughs> I, I, I think a little bit, uh, a little bit of that was forced upon me because my father was gravely ill at the time, and I needed to get a okay. job as quickly as possible. So yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you know sometimes the the cards are dealt for you. Uh, and, yeah, but sure. then you but still also, have to do your best, right? Having that creative side, maybe something that's led you being successful with the role of a COO, right? Yes, I think so. I think you can, mm. uh, uh, being uh, creative is being creative in every situation. Like a sales call, when yeah. things go yeah. wrong, you have to be creative. A, a meeting between developers and testers, having arguments, you have to be creative. Yeah. Yes, yeah, totally. Okay, great. Uh, just just to finish off, if anyone does want to get in touch with yourself or, or learn more about Ulysses, what's the best way to go about that? I know you're on LinkedIn. And yes, I think we're doing a we're doing a lot of work on LinkedIn, so okay, you great, can yeah. find us uh, on LinkedIn Thanks and you can find out a lot about the company. Um, the founder of the company has a brilliant blog on our website where he explains a lot. Can you hear the bikes in the street? Everybody's going home now. (laughs) Um, A lot of, uh, I think that's a very educational to anyone in shipping because it's uh, uh, it's a a quick view of what has changed in software in the last 30 years and what our uh, views are on it. So our blog on the site is quite interesting. Maybe more interesting than our product page and our, uh, yeah. Services oh, great. Page. Good advice. Get to check it out. That's, uh, that's a good one. 
Great. Well, say yeah. so, thank you so much for joining, Mateus. I know you've had an incredibly busy couple of weeks, so really appreciate you taking the time for us. Uh, it's been really interesting, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon, whether it's in in London or one of the other digital shipping events that we go to. Yes. Yes. So. All right. Uh, let's keep in touch then. Okay. Thank you very much. I think we'll I think what you're doing is uh, very interesting because. Um, getting the opinions uh, that there's um, not a lot of uh, good um, people are involved in shipping uh, technology and software so it's good that they try to understand what our culture is and what kind of problems we solve through you so th- yeah. i think this yeah. is quite uh, quite interesting it's great to start educating people yes. more and, and sort of getting the listeners there. And of course, all aspects, not just the, what the technology does, but like you say, the people involved. Yes, so. of course. That's great. I will have a lovely weekend and uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll be speaking again very shortly. Okay. <laughs> bye. All right, Fatalis. All the bye. best. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maritime Software Hub. I really enjoyed hearing about Pantelis' stories um, and in particular hearing about his journey and his time at Ulysses Systems, going from the second hire uh, over 20, to, 20 years ago, um, still being within the company and kind of rising to the chief operating officer function. Uh, and he's seen a lot of uh, transition across the maritime space, particularly now in the digital age. So a great person to, to connect with and, and learn from and also just a general lovely guy to hang around with. So thank you again for listening. Um, If anybody else is interested in perhaps participating and coming on the podcast, either to showcase your company or or yourself or your role, whatever, uh, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Um, So please feel to reach out to myself directly, either on LinkedIn, or you can send us an email, uh, callum at cordellbeaumont.com or send us an email to podcast at cordellbeaumont.com. Right, thanks for tuning in and look forward to speaking again soon.